Is he drunk? Is he both? What do you make of those eyes? Dude, I think he's high. I think he's stoned. I think he's a lot more than what we all already know. Anyways, that shit is funny. You know why, Shmo? Because he needs to cut some of that nipple hair. Jesus. Hey, that's what it's like living on the high life, man. Having the extra <laughs> bring trumps lined up outside the house. That's what it's like getting that extra cheddar. Triple C. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to be mad at because he, he, you know what, Shmo, this is a thing, man. Conor McGregor is laughing himself to the bank. And with that said, welcome back to the Triple C and Shmo Show. I'm the Shmo, my co-host. He needs no introduction. He's the champ champ. He's the Olympic gold medalist. He's the one and only king of cringe, Triple C, Henry Cejudo. Let's get this ball rolling, Shmo, because time is money and money is time. And the schmo wants to start off right from the gate with Shoegate. Eagle FC, excellent debut the other week. But what's the deal with those shoes, man? Come on, Triple C. <laughs> listen, they gave me some options, schmo. They said, listen, man, you can wear a little high top shoes or we're going to give you an Apple box. And I was like, you know what, dude? I actually, I, so we ended up buying the shoes. I was like, you know what? These shoes gave me an extra two inches. I, I'm going to go with the shoes. So whichever way it is, whether way, whichever way you want to cut, slice, and dice it, I was going to be on top of a box or how, to wear, or how to wear some two-inch shoes. So anyways, I went for the shoes, Schmo. The good old Megan O'Leavy treatment. The Schmo seen her standing on those little box platforms. And the last time the Schmo saw someone wearing platform shoes like it, it was Rampage Jackson. It was actually the other month when he was sizing up Shannon the Cannon Briggs and uh, Triple C, man. Those don't look too comfortable to be standing in for long periods of time, are they? <laughs> actually, they're pretty cool, Schmo. They really are, man. They're actually pretty comfortable, man. I can, uh, I can finally be just a slight taller. So anyways, that's what you got to do when you're in the media. That's what you got to do for television. I mean, that's just the way it is, man. So I'm a team player. If you're, if you're under 5'7", man, they're going to put you on a box. So it's better, it's better to adjust to the game before they put you on that damn Apple box. Embrace it. Embrace it, Triple C. And there might be something we do with the box later on. Shh. We won't say too much, but talk to us about this commentary, man. The first time you're doing commentary, they had you doing the inside the ring post fight commentary. You got that gig over Chael, man. What was it like being on the commentary team? Uh, it was cool. It was cool. It was uh, it was awesome, man. You know, being alongside with Chael Sonnen, being alongside with the Kamara Usman, Cyrus, 
I mean, we're out here pretty much. You know, these are what I love about Ego FC is he's got there. We are all former fighters, the world champions who are literally commentating, who are literally describing and telling you about the sport. We don't have a protocol that the UFC wants to do. It's like, no, you know what Ego FC tells us? Be yourself. It's safe, certain, you know, just be yourself. And I think, uh, I think just the, you know, the, the fact that Ego FC has given us that leverage to do that, everything's been able to come out super smooth, you know. They're calling me, they're calling me he, uh, Henry Rogan after that night, you know. But Schmo really appreciates what you did in the post-fight commentary because we harp on the, the UFC, the other organizations, Bellator, pretty much every sport. The first question in the post-fight interview is, how does it feel? We all know it feels good to win. That's what you're obviously talking to them about, the win. But we loved how specific you got with the questions. They were pertinent to the game plan. And you did a hell of a job for the first time doing that, Triple C. The Schmo thought you were a natural. Not not bad, right, Schmo? I mean, I, I'm a jack of all trades. I can sing, dance, entertain. I can fight. I speak three languages. Jesus, man. Like I said, what's next for Triple C? Ain't nothing impossible for this, for the king of cringe. So how did they give you that gig for the post-fight interviews and not Chael Sonnen? What was that process like? Um, I, think the, I, I just think the fact that they've always liked me. I think uh, the producer, everybody knows that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a people person. Obviously, I, I co-host Hotboxing with Tyson. They know I'm, I'm constantly around uh, people. And I think they see the brain behind, behind, the, behind this big head, behind all that cringe. There's a brain inside here. And uh, you know, they like the fact that, I can, that I'm, that I'm, that I'm you know, straight to the point. And uh, we did a great job, and I th they want to continue to keep using me. And, and you know, I signed a one-year contract with Eagle FC. So, you know, Joe Rogan, UFC, move out the way because the Eagle has landed. There it is. So what were your overall thoughts on the fights on this car, Triple C? What stood out to you from the matchmaking side? Man, you know what? There were all great fights, man. Yeah, you had some knockouts or whatnot, but just the same thing that you have in the UFC. I love the fact that all these different fighters were from different parts of the world. I mean, you had French, uh, you know, you had a Frenchman fighting a dude from Kazakhstan. I mean, you had everybody from Puerto Rico to versus versus Russia, the Dominican Republic. I mean, it was these these fights were very diverse with talent. And the matchmakers did a really, really good job, especially, especially uh, uh, you know, the former, the former title contender in, uh, you know, the Taz Mexican Devil versus Cody Gibson. I mean, that fight was a brawl, man. Talk about a comeback. The the uh, and the, Borg, the baby. yeah Ray Borg and it was just just some amazing fights. But even even giving the opportunity to somebody like Tyrone Spung, you know, a legend in, in, in the school of kickboxing, to him being two and O, to eventually you know find a dude that was forty you know forty plus fights or close to forty fights in mixed martial arts. I mean, this is what Ego C wants to bring. They want to match. They want they want to bring and they want to match the fighters as best as they can. And there ain't no building here. This is why all the fighters are in a one fight deal. And I love it, Schmo. So what were your thoughts on Sugar Rashad Evans? Obviously, he had the losing streak to end out his career. He's a Hall of Famer, the former light heavyweight champion. He got the W. What do you make of his comeback? Um, I think it was good. I think it was a good debut for him, but he cannot fight like that all the time. He, you cannot just wrestle everybody because if you just wrestle everybody, you plan on doing that with everybody. There's going to come a point where you're not going to be able to take everybody down. But I think it was a good fight for him to get his feet wet. I would have loved to have seen a little more strike, a little more of that old Rashad, but he also knows that he's older now. He's got to be smarter. And I think uh, I think Rashad Evans, and I even said it during the fight when he was fighting, I was like, dude, 
it kind of hit Rashad that he's actually fighting. Like, I almost felt like there was a moment when he did take a dunk. I was like, dude, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> well, he definitely had the control, especially that side control. The schmo enjoyed the referee always pulling up his pants. His pants were falling down the whole fight. He was grabbing the guy, almost giving him a wedgie, the referee. We loved how active that was. Sagging, sagging, sagging's a new cool, apparently, schmo. So, you know, the referee was just doing what they do, what the kids do out here in America. Sag. That's right, but maybe the sagging was more of a 90s thing, a 2000s thing. All the kids now, they got the tube socks high. They got the shorts real high, too. Showing off those quads, baby. Get those legs out, sons out. But also, I know you spent a lot of time with Uncle Chael, Chael son on the broadcast, but then he started running with this narrative that uh, you're back in the USADA pool. And he rolls it out. Everyone's quoting Chael. He's the big news source. What the <laughs> hell did you say to Uncle Chael for him to spread that rumor? I said absolutely nothing to Uncle Chael, but you know what? I appreciate him because you know what? Good publicity, bad publicity, whatever you want to call it, it's still publicity. So, no, I am officially not in the USADA pool. I already gave my two takes. I said if the UFC, if Dana White wants to see me fight, we can talk and I'll put myself in the USADA pool. But as of now, GSP was in the USADA pool for six years, seven years, fought one time. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have people freaking, you know, banging on my door and have a two-month-year-old and being woken up or her being woken up and having to deal, deal with all that stuff. It's like no, the UFC. That's the offer. You guys want me back? You guys, let's talk. I am willing to talk. I, I will be willing to go out to Las Vegas and meet with Dana White, but I will not get into you saw the pool. If you guys are not serious about watching me fight, I'm serious about fighting. The cards are on the table. I have to use you, the people. You, the people, I have to use you to get to the UFC because you know what? Who else is backing up Triple C? You know who it is? It's all you fans. So if you guys want to see me fight, you guys got to knock on that door with me too. There it is, folks. And with that said, let's lead into the gold medal moment because the last show we did, it was a reaction show. We're in the victory room, the hotel room of Figgy. We had Waleed. We had Captain. We had Nero Force One. Everyone was celebrating. We had the immediate reaction, but we didn't talk about the heavyweight champion Francis Naganu and his current situation with the UFC. With what's being said, obviously he's got that knee injury, about a nine-month timetable to repair all the ligaments that were torn. Is Naganu right to hold out? How much should he be getting paid? What do you think of that situation with the UFC and Francis? No, I think Francis is going to be smart about what he has to do. Of course, uh, you know, I, I help John. I coach John. I would love to see him fight John Jones. But that's not the case here. The case here is there's about $40 million waiting for him if he fights the Gypsy King. And I believe that's the route that he's going. I knew the, the UFC offered him, you know, a lot more than what they had ever offered him. But... That being said, man, I think he's gonna take the he's gonna take the money route. He's gonna fight the Gypsy King. He's gonna do this exhibition, and I think he should hold out. I, I believe he does deserve a forty million dollar payday because that's exactly what he would get if he has to fight the Gypsy King. Unfortunately, that just ruined the fight with John Jones. But Francis Ngannou is a smart man because he took his money and ran. Hold the phone with John Jones for a couple of moments. We'll get to that shortly. Let's wrap up Francis Ngannou. So what you're trying to say to the schmo, if the schmo is hearing you correctly, is that you're thinking that he sits out 
all of 2022, doesn't fight, this contract runs out, we don't see Francis Ngannou in the UFC again because that first fight he's taken is a boxing match with Tyson Fury and Dana White's not a part of this promotion? Of course, man. Francis, We will never see Francis Ngannou in the UFC ever again. We won't because one, or, or unless he fights Tyson Fury and then he makes a, a signing with the UFC. Co-promotion. Like what Connor did with Floyd Mayweather, Dana and the UFC got a percentage of that money. Yeah, and you could, or he doesn't even have to sign with the UFC, but you're right, Schmo, be that third party and collaborate with the UFC, make that big fight happen because everybody wants to see the most dangerous athletes, what they want to call them, against the greatest, against the in reality, the GOAT. Who doesn't want to see that? So that being said, man, I think I think he did a very, very good job of holding out. We won't see Francis for a year, but the next time we see him, he is going to be a multi, multi, multi millionaire. So are you going to hold true with what you just said a couple of moments ago that we will never see Francis Ngannou inside the UFC again? Is that what your heart is telling you? Or do you think he will make amends in some sort of collaboration effort here? No, there's, there's, too, much, there's too much money, man. There's too much money to... to and this is, this, is, this, is where the, this, is, this is where every public figure in the UFC should probably go in this route. You guys should be becoming independent fighters getting connection with a showtime, with other people, having a one-fight deal with anybody, creating these celebrity fights. This this is where it's going, and it's beautiful because it's only going to force the UFC to up-pay their fighters that they don't want to lose their fighters. So kudos to him. I think Nate Diaz is the next one to, to, to be gone, get his money, take an exhibition with Jake Paul, whoever the hell he wants to get, and just get paid, man. We all deserve to get paid, and the only way to do it is to be an entrepreneur and that means let's go to your route and take it by, take it, you know, catch, 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 catch the win by, by the way it's rolling. And I think Francis well, and, and Nate and all these guys are going to do it. So why not jump on that bandwagon? Well, Nate's got one fight left and the longer this thing goes on, we don't have the Poirier fight. The Schmo thinks they're trying to wait this thing out as long as possible and give him that trilogy with Conor McGregor. That's the way this thing is pushing out to be because they don't want to lose him to free agency. They don't want to lose him to Jake Paul boxing him this summer when they could have him in their own and Conor McGregor and take that box office money. So now back to John Jones, though. You're saying with Francis obviously out for the year, they're going to have to do another interim title at the very least. John Jones, Stipe Miocic... Interim UFC heavyweight title fight? Is that what we're training here for, Coach Henry? Honestly, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who John fights. John, whoever you can put, you can put whomever you want in front of him. He's going to beat him. So it doesn't matter whether whether it's gone, whether it's Stipe, whether whomever it may be. They're all in trouble with John's bone, Jones, because he's, he's a different athlete. He's a different animal. We all have to accept that, that there's a reason why he is truly the greatest of all time in the sport of mixed martial arts. Well, DC's calling for the interim fight with Stipe between him and John Jones. Do you agree with those sentiments? Or if it's not him, did you say it was Cyril Gaon that you like to see him up against? Who's well, coming who, off an L? Yeah, well, I mean, Cyril Gaon is still the number one contender. I mean, he's still the second best thing at the, at the, at the heavyweight division. So I would like to see him fight Stipe, and I think is going to be up for that. It's just that it sucks for John that... He's not going to get that payday that he wanted with uh, Francis Ngano. And he needed Francis Ngano to make a bigger payday. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Either way, he wants his belt back. 
John Jones wants to become a two-division champ, and he's going to, once that opportunity arises, he will take on all comers, and you will hear, and new. That's an interesting point. I think, obviously, the most lucrative option, if it's not Francis Ngannou, it's got to be Stipe, the consensus greatest heavyweight in UFC history. But uh, you're right, that sexy appeal to Francis Ngannou. He might be losing leverage from the negotiation table if it's not Francis Ngannou for Johnny Bones Jones. So you're still 100% confident we will see Johnny Bones Jones compete inside the octagon for 2022? He didn't come see Henry Cejudo for nothing. Yeah, exactly, man. John Jones is a competitor. Like He knows what he's doing. He's a smart man, super smart man. I think that's just the biggest thing for John is John, you know, John, wants, John wants to be missed. He really does. And people do miss his fighting style inside the octagon. I know I do. But, you know, nobody's bigger than the UFC. And th th this is why when you're in contract with the UFC, you got to abide to whatever it is that you have to do because we are under contract. But I think that whole, I go back to that free agency thing. I think more fighters are starting to look at that. I think that's a great plan for, for anybody and everybody that wants to do it, especially if you have a big name like a Poirier. Uh, even at Gaethje, like there's a lot of guys that are ha that have built buzz through the UFC. So what you want to do is you want to use that platform to expand in other places. And that's why your buddy Sugar Sean O'Malley, he's doing the thing big time, expanding in other places. He's all over Twitch. He's doing all this viral stuff. Uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley's doing that. But speaking of big time fighters and big time things, let's talk about this week's silver medal moment. Yuri Prohaka. Arrived to fight ready the other day. What's your early thoughts on him, and what does he need work on? Yeah, obviously, you know he's he, he's he's he came down here. He's going to be down here for a minute. I mean, he's he he came to work his grappling, his wrestling, particularly. But I think, uh, man, he's he's one of a kind. Shmo. I've have, I've had a chance to work with uh, Jean Whaley, Davis Figueroa, John Jones, like you know the elite of the elite. And I just feel like Yuri has a different mindset. It's beautiful. It's beautiful because he, there's a self belief in him that that I may not, I, I may disagree with a lot of things that he does, but he has. There's a certain self self belief that he has that's very contagious that makes you just believe in him 110. percent You know what I'm saying? So he's out here training his grappling, his wrestling, different positions. You know, obviously our job as coaches. My job as a coach is to study Glover and understand his movements and what is it. And there's things that he does very well. You know, he'll, he'll Glover's biggest thing is he wants to get you against the cage or get you as close to the cage as possible and stalk you. So we we just been going over game planning. I think if I was to rate him, man, he is he is up there. You know, him and John Jones are going to be training sometime next week. John Jones is going to come out and help him. And uh, man, you imagine those sparring, Schmo. You know, hey, have Schmo's popcorn. coming down to see it. Yeah, it's a trip, man. So I'm excited. I think these guys, I think this is a new evolution of, uh, of fighting, is of former fighters that know how to teach, that understand their, their, uh, their, uh, their students' gifts and kind of dealing with that. You know, there's a lot of things that, uh, that, that I wouldn't teach, but because it's Yuri, I have to teach these certain things because he's different. You see what I'm saying, Shmo? So everybody's gifted oh, yeah. different, and we, us as coaches, we have to adapt, but he is something special. That's right. He's big into meditation. He goes out to the forest. He's kicking and punching trees. He's sitting down there Indian style. He's one with his mind and his thoughts. You going to take him to Squaw Peak, show him the sunsets, top of the mountain, and do some meditation with him, Triple C? That's actually not a bad idea, man. I may, uh, yeah, that's actually pretty good, Shmo. I think I'm going to take him to Squaw Peak. 
Hey, the schmo knows you a little too well, it seems like, man. I just figured he could use you for that wrestling. Everyone wants a piece of you for that wrestling. Clarissa Shields even recently said she wants to come train wrestling with you. You got to be feel flattered that the Olympian, the GWOAT, wants to come out there with you. But she's also spent time at Jackson Wink, Jackson Wink over there in New Mexico. But now she wants to come train with you, Triple C. Yeah, but I think it's people realize that when you have specialists in that certain area, when you have people that, yeah, of course, more like, yeah, it's a persona, man. But at the same time, it's like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm saying. I base everything off of facts. I base everything off of probabilities. I study and I give you my advice. So more of what my coaching is, uh, Shmo, I'm more of a high counselor. And I tell people all the time, like, listen, bro, I'm not your coach, man. I am your high counselor. Like, you know what I mean? I'm the person that, that I'm going to tell you whether you want to hear it or not. I'm only going to tell you maybe a couple of times that this is what I think you should do. Now, if you don't want to take my expertise into uh you know, to heart, then that means, okay, and that means you pinpointed exactly what is, what is it that you want, what is it that you're going to do, which is better, because there's more of a self-belief of my, you know, so to me, it's more of me advising you what I think I should, what you should do, and it's your job to either take it or receive it, but either way, I am with you, all based on the, the, princi- the principles of position, composure, and winning the distance. You see, so, you know, me and you, we can, you know, me and you, we have a good little, we have a good little plan set in place. And I think people are going to be shocked when they see uh, Yuri 2.0 come out. Well, ever since we started the Triple C and Schmo show a couple months ago, you brought in Figgy, you brought in Wei Lee, obviously John Jones, Yuri now, everyone you're bringing in, you got Clarissa Shields. Who else is coming to fight ready, Triple C? What are we doing here, man? Uh. It's... Coach of the year candidate, number one over here. Oh, of course, man. If you really think about it, the start of the year, man, who has another champion? Who was whose champion was an underdog? Who had lost his belt? Who went out here to resurrect the career and they come over with triple C. So yeah, I am gonna come I'm coming now for the coach of the year. So I hope all your coaches man are doing a good job because I'm taking all your athletes out. Sincerely, Henry C. Judas. And we can't forget your former nutritionist, Calvin Gaslam. He's there as well right now. Anyone else arriving? Yeah, so we have Calvin Gaslam, um, Mark Matson. Obviously, you know, Wei Lee's coming out next week. You know, Davis and Ferguson will be making the jump and moving out to Phoenix. I mean, it's endless. Dude. We almost have to kind of really pick and choose who is it that we want because, you know, you can only give, I can only give certain attention to so many people. But obviously, Clarissa Shields, you know, she wants to come out. She's she's already we've already spoken over the phone or text over the phone, and uh, man, it's it's overwhelming, Shmo. You know, there's there's a method to the madness of King Triple C. And speaking of the method to the madness to Triple C, let's move on to the bronze medal moment. A couple days ago on the Shmo Zone podcast, you knew he was coming on. The former champion, the former training partner. Brandon Moreno, the assassin baby. We sat down, him and his manager, Jason House. We talked about a lot of things. One of those things was you. Something that caught the schmo's eye. We'll play it for you right here. About 40, 50 seconds. This comes right from the mouth of the former trading partner. Here we go, the assassin baby. If I say this and to former Henry, champ. maybe he don't believe in this. But man, Joe was a really, a really professional because... I was even weird because he when we we went like together he don't want to talk nothing about Henry when I was with him 
You know, we, we are like, I don't know, maybe in the kitchen, uh, like eating breakfast, I don't know, and every, all the team was there and it was weird because I was there and Joey wouldn't say nothing about Henry or the game plan or if, he never asked me nothing about him, you know, and I, I understand it's really hard to believe, <laughs> but I don't know, man, the people can see I'm just, I'm just trying to be very honest always. But talking about, you know, the family, when you understand the life, when you were, you're not alone, yeah, I mean, every, everything, everything changed. No, and, and the thing is, is like, I, I, I actually believe them, dude. Like, I really do. Because I can tell, uh, I can tell a lot of our, a lot of the fuzz that we did have, me and Joe at the, on the Ultimate Fighter. Like, it was more of Joe trying to sell the, sell the fight or whatever. I think, uh, you know, but either way, it doesn't change the fact that he trained with them. You know what I'm saying? Even though maybe they they never really spoke. And I do believe I do believe Brandon Moreno in that sense, but I think it was just the way it kind of played out with us. The fact that he kind of I think the biggest thing Shmo is he gave me his word after the show because I didn't pick him because I was trying to be team selective and trying to make the greatest team because I knew Joe wasn't going to pick him, so he was random, randomly selected to the opposite team. I think it was I think it was more the fact that uh, that Brandon told me that. Uh, that he wasn't gonna train with either me or him, which made it, which I understood. But once I saw him at, once I saw him at Joe's fight, I'm just like, hey man, you know, the gloves came off. So that's kind of more where I was. That's more where it sucks as a friend. But I also understand because he has a family now. Like me now, having my little baby America, dude. Like I'll do whatever it takes, even if that means I have to freaking, you know. <laughs> You know, co-cock somebody, whatever that may be. So I get it, man. You got to do what's best for you. I went out to win two world titles. He ended up getting cut. He happened to make his way back through, and uh, he had to be become champion. So at the end of the day, I think both of our stories is extremely beautiful, and uh, I wish him nothing but the best. And if he fights Davidson again, that doesn't change the fact that we want to take his head off again. But I still got love for the douche mo. And obviously, that's where all signs point to this fourth fight with Figueredo, man. When do you think the planning will start? When do you think that fight will happen? Because it just seems like that is going to be the next fight. That is going to be. It's going to be the first time UFC MMA history. Guys go at it four straight times. Hasn't been done before. When do you think this will all come to fruition? Yeah, no, I think, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think Davidson may change his mind. I think he may want to see the winner of Ask. Of Ascar and uh, Kai Kara France, I think you may want to see the, I think you may want to see the winner of that fight because they have fought three times. I'm just like Davidson, if you're not getting paid for the fourth fight, why fight this dude again? You already beat him a couple of times. He didn't want to fight you that third time. So that's kind of more of what, where we have to strategically see the fight. I think, uh, and I told Davidson too, man. I says I, I think I think it would be good for Brandon to fight Pantoja. I think it would be good if he can get over that hump. You know, put him through the gauntlet a little bit and then fight him again. I think that's more strategic. I think we get the winner out of Kaikara France and uh, and uh, Asgar. I think that's appetizing. If and I think if Brandon Runner can go, get past Pantoja, then we'll have a fourth fight. But if not, it's almost like he's already fought him. I mean, I understand the fourth fight would be cool and I don't mind taking it, but at the same time, it's like I wouldn't mind putting him through the ringer again. Well, maybe, but of the three fights, the only time there was a finish in these fights. We know at Triple C, it was that second fight. It was Brandon Moreno who did it. Don't you think from the competitor side of things that would seal things up from Figgy that he would want to get the finish and really seal the deal? This is, this is what it's going to come down to. If the UFC want to see that fight, the, 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 the pay's got to be right. If not, he's got to go to the next contenders. 
I don't think Figueredo is going to fight anytime soon, too. So I'm thinking more like if he's going to fight, he's probably going to fight more like maybe August, September. So he's going to really take his time because he did go through war with Brandon. He really does like to enjoy himself. So I'm not too sure, man. I need to speak to him. But that being said, there's options for the champ. And, uh, you know, this doesn't take anything away from the competitor of Triple C or anything like that. You know what I mean? This has nothing to do with Brandon. This has everything to do with him, you know, being strategic in everything that he does. We'll call it to be continued. Fair enough. Let's wrap the show up with some fun stuff, baby. Look at this pillow fight stuff coming on, man. Look at these videos. What do you think of this whole phenomenon of pillow fighting? <laughs> you gonna come out of retirement to compete Dude, in this? I think that shit. I think that shit's ridiculous. Look at these dudes end up. They don't throw punches, but then they're grabbing each other, pressing each other. Like you can tell, like their ego was. Uh, their ego was hurt, you know, for both of them. It's crazy when you start seeing grown men like scrap or get into a, a scuffle. Anyhow, I think I, I would love to pillow fight, man. I know, I know, I know. Uncle Chell said that I would, that I was coming out of retirement, but you know what? I may come out of retirement for that. But I think a good idea would be to maybe tie one of those arms up, lace one up, or or or, or duct tape that hand to the body and just let one hand. And you guys can pillow fight each other with that just one hand, man. Because there's always going to be somebody that's going to be slower than the other. And I think for that reason, I would I would love to come back and pillow fight that crap out of somebody. I'm just waiting for someone to take their backside or their fist or knuckles and to give someone a freaking full loaded backhand, man, <laughs> to really get that punch in there, to drive it into the chin, to knock someone to the moon, baby, an uppercut with it. We're waiting for someone to bend the rules. And by the way, the Schmo's going to text our good friend Jeff Nowitzki after this. Send some USADA agents over to your place. We hear you want to get back into USADA just to do this. Let's go, man. Let's go. What's up, Pillow Fights? You guys know that I'm gonna uh, that I that I fucking take over your your promotion too. You guys, I'll make you guys all bend the knee. And this weekend, the Schmo just wants to throw this out there. We're finally getting our celebrity basketball game going on. Floyd Money Mayweather he hosts these things with the Boom Cuts, the Celebrity Sports Showdown. It's here during the NFL Pro Bowl, NHL All Star Weekend. The Schmo's competing in basketball. Great causes. Let's go, Cox Pavilion. Don't know if we're going to be on Mayweather's team or Diggs' team, but uh, can't wait to do something on the hardwood, Triple C. Finally, the Schmo gets to compete. Yeah, heck yeah, man. So let me ask you a quick question before we take off here, Schmo. Do you prefer to be on Mayweather's team or do you prefer not? 100% prefer not because if the Schmo could get the opportunity to shut down Floyd Money Mayweather, to cross him over, to raindrop over the man because we got the height, I don't think the Schmo could dunk. Maybe a lifetime ago we could touch the rim. Not there right now, but if the Schmo can shoot over him, could drive, could kick it out, can make some highlight plays, get some defensive stops, we'll call it a day. Shit, man. I'm excited for you, Schmo. Who knows, man? Maybe I'll be front row. Let's go, baby. We would appreciate that, but guess what? Either way, we'll see you next week in Arizona. Can't wait for it. What's your name? I am Triple C. I am the Schmo. We will deliver. And we are out.